This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. This is Charlotte Chung and Fred Tatashore. And you're listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time, time Live. It's time. Talk time. Let's go. Anime, comics, movies, and games. The come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. The come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. The come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. The come on and let's get it. Talk time. Live. Started in the 80s with Matt Cross. Dudes in the hood might have called that soft, but I carried that cross like Jesus did. Fast forward, I teach the kids to learn how to let go, live life, and show love to all things that don't matter. Where y'all from? And luckily, there's a show called Talk Time. We've been waiting for this for a long time. Dax kicks the facts on all the geek news. Special guests and unbiased reviews. Suburban kids, the hipster street dudes. All can learn something new. Me too. I heard worse when no faith is empty. I stayed the course, though my haters tempt me. Beep the podcast, that'll make them envy. It ain't too trendy. It's ACMG. Anime, comics, movies, and games. The come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. The come on. And let's get it. Talk time. Anime comics, movies and games. The come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime comics, movies and games. The come on and let's get it. Talk time. gentlemen welcome back to the journal of my life that covers all things anime comics movies and games this is acmg presents talk time live the prime show i am your host xavier josiah i hope everybody's having a great week we got a lot of fun things to talk about including some comeback series and some new series that i will give my thoughts on but of course in our talk topic we will review ant-man and the wasp quantumania give my thoughts on the i would say the prelude or beginning of the kang dynasty uh, for the Avengers movie that's coming up down, uh, that's going to be coming in the next few years down the line. So we're going to get right down to it. And of course, I said it before in the select start video game podcast. I'm saying it now. We will have our first guest coming very soon. We're getting close to locking down a date. It actually was going to happen last week, but you know, due to circumstances and scheduling, it uh, unfortunately didn't happen, but I am, I, I can't wait. We're getting closer to it. So it could be as close as next week to have this guest. And uh, I will just say for anime fans, you will absolutely love it. Uh, I, I always enjoy having this guest. This is a previous guest, of course. So we'll talk about that and much more down the line, but stay tuned because our first guest is coming in. Today. We're going to have more down the line from there. But Let's not waste any time, folks. We do have some really awesome things to talk about. So let's find out what's new in the world of ACMG. And now it's time to find out what's new in the world of ACMG. All right, so to start off, I want to talk about the return of Animaniacs on Hulu. It is back for its third and final season. And while I am going to be sad that it's going to be its last season, I am at least happy that they were able to bring it back and allow us to enjoy some nostalgic type of 
things about the series and the series held up really well um you know we're seeing a lot of these shows making a comeback uh beavis and butthead is now back as well and somehow some way that show is still funny like you would think that not seeing like seeing these guys based on the 90s and and like just idiots <laughs> just total idiots but we're still living in the era of idiots too so it kind of makes sense but they kept relevant but also if you watch the movie the beavis and butthead movie they made sense of them being able to adapt to what's going on because of time travel or whatever like that it was just really weird but smartly done but animaniacs they were able to bring it back make it relevant still talk about a lot of the things that are going on today and you know the third season is no different i didn't get to see i didn't watch all of the third season i'm i'm like i'm just two episodes in but the two episodes that i watched there's only 10 episodes this season by the way the episodes that i watched were absolutely hilarious like the first the, the first episode starts off with ralph the guard becoming the ceo of warner brothers and the warners um you know work hard to get him fired because the current ceo is now the guard and she pretty much you know she pretty much has to try you know try to make sure that they don't get out and she does and is making it really hard for them so now she is working with them to make sure that he gets fired so he could go back to guard duty and she could go back to ceo and you know the funny part about this episode is that it's a it's playing on the nepotism you know situation that everybody's talking about today because you know everybody's you know you know everybody in hollywood is you know getting anybody who's related who's a generational talent is getting you know slammed by social media and people talk you know talking about nepotism and stuff like that and they cover it on here too so i mean it's becoming a new trend to do that and uh ralph apparently is related to a heiress of something and somehow some way they were able to you know make him the ceo <laughs> of the deal so that was pretty much the base of that angle the second episode i thought was hilarious too because they basically talk about social media influencers and you know basically dot becomes jealous of a social media influencer uh getting a teen award and this led to, like when she, this this was hilarious i died laughing i i really bust out laughing when i saw this because i recognized it immediately because this led to yakko going up to the stage when this influencer who i believe is imitating the influencer that wears the bow in her hair or used to wear the bow in her hair uh, i totally forgot her name but she's awesome but um but i forgot her name it's like it's in the tip of my head but i can't remember but this led to yakko going up to the stage and pull a kanye move like he did with taylor swift and he, and then on top of that he said the exact same words that kanye did and i thought that was just genius it was hilarious uh you gotta just watch it for that like for all three seasons each season yakko does something really hilarious and just speaks out um and, and this is like the second kanye joke that they made in this uh in, in this series period i remember i think it was the first season when he was going crazy and he he was going through all these crazy things in his mind and kanye with donald trump and the red hat came on as one of the you know images genius just freaking genius and now he did the same exact thing here i died laughing here so i haven't watched all the episodes yet but the one thing that is always missing that people 
the one big the one big complaint that I think a lot of nostalgic fans have had about the series, but it didn't it isn't a deal breaker. Of course, we got Pinky and a Brain because aside from the Animaniacs or the Warners, I should say, Pinky and the Brain was like some of the most successful, you know, characters outside and they spawned their own series after that. So they came back instantly. But we didn't people you know didn't like the idea that we didn't get chicken boo we didn't get the good feathers which was my favorite slappy the squirrel which is another great one as well um the little kid that would go into the that would come up to the camera and pretty much say whatever and then just say okay bye bye and just <laughs> run back we also didn't get the you know the baby and the dog we didn't get um pretty much all of them you know good news bad news we didn't get any of those guys and it would have been awesome to have those guys back now again i have not seen a all of the third season so if they somehow make a comeback that would be awesome but i wish they would have brought them back because if anything i'm sorry the good feathers would have been so freaking awesome like i love the good feathers because it was a playoff of good fellas and the joe pesci bird always beating up on the other bird was just some of the funniest things ever just he would just jump he would just get on them for no apparent reason so it's all available now on hulu if you have hulu and uh you don't want to miss it it's, it's really cool I, it was just awesome for them to be able to bring it back nonetheless and it still held it still um holds up and still relevant to this day and it more or less this was this is animaniacs for more of the grown-ups than anything like kids can still watch it but we it, that's always been the case with steven spielberg's um you know animated series is that like even um you know jumping back to tiny tunes the subject matter was it was it was some it was hidden it was kind of camouflaged in, in some case you know you got the wacky zany type of things going on from them the cartoony type of things that kids love but the lines and the subject matter that they would talk about is very adult. Like them talking, bringing in political figures and mentioning them or celebrities that kids probably won't even know who they are. You know, that is that type of situation. So I did, it, this is why it was, it was so geniusly done to, you know, be enjoyed by everybody in this case. Um, like I said, 10 episodes. It Thank you, Warner Brothers. Thank you, Steven Spielberg, for bringing it back. And whoever was in, whoever was responsible for bringing it back and bringing back the original cast, thank you for that. So, really, really big news that I want to talk about right now for anime fans. Toy Animation, most known for coming out with tons of different anime, Fist of the North Star, Dragon Ball, uh, you know, One Piece, uh, you know, just any. They just announced that Adult Swim's Toonami will premiere the US release of One Piece episode 590. Now, why is this a big deal? Because this is an episode that had a once in a lifetime or once in a blue moon type of um, milestone moment for here. I watched this episode, I think like three or four years ago and was blown away by this. And now it's coming to, uh, it's going to premiere on the US. Why? Because this episode 590 is Toriko cross One Piece, cross Dragon Ball Z Super crossover special. Now, you heard, that's exactly right. If you heard that and you got shocked, like what? This episode is going to feature Goku. Actually, Goku, Vegeta, and a, whole, and a few others from Dragon Ball. 
with the cast of Toriko. A lot of people don't know who Toriko is, but Toriko is one of my favorite anime characters because it involves, I may have spoken about that anime ages ago, like a very long time ago, but Toriko is kind of like he's, if you put Ken, uh, Kenshiro from Fist of the North Star and Goku together, it's like the birth child of those two, but he is a gourmet hunter is what they call him. And he lives in this world in his gourmet planet where like food just grows out of trees and like it, it's just re it's ridiculous and then if you watch it you'll end up getting hungry watching it you're like y'all a lot of people like food wars i like toriko because <laughs> like a lot of the food that they actually make uh, you know compared to food wars are not like realistic but it just looks so damn good and he lives on this planet where he hunts down monsters or whatever for game or he looks for the biggest spices because he wants his his journey is to make the perfect menu and he has to travel around the world to make this menu but he's also have to face all these you know enemies or whatnot but what makes toriko so great is that like dragon ball z like fist of the north star he is kind of a martial artist in his own right so a lot of the techniques and he's like he has superhuman strength and whatnot and a lot of the techniques that he has you know are based around his it's actually more it's a martial art but it's more based on his culinary skills but he can also weaponize it to you for, for martial arts use and such like that and he loves food goku loves food and then you have luffy who who loves food as well this episode combines all three of these series together because they all end up in this private island if i remember it's been a while since i watched it but they end up in this private island and they end up in a competition now from a video game standpoint there's a video game that came out uh years ago called j star victory versus uh plus which came out for i believe the ps4 or ps3 and yeah i believe ps4 ps3 and the ps vita because i have the ps vita version i still have it I have it now like I, I can play it on a ps5 thanks to their backwards compatibility and this game to me was like I, I i used to consider this the um the smash brothers killer before ultimate came out and it was great because it, it was a 3d platformer it was a plate a 3d platform melee fighter that consists of it was celebrating what the 30th anniversary of shonen jump which is all the anime characters from dragon ball naruto yu yu Hakusho uh toriko one piece all those um jojo's bizarre adventure it has all those guys in there and it it was like a really innovative new type of platform it didn't try to be a side scrolling melee you know deal like what everybody tries to do it did its own thing but it still celebrated the same essence of a melee fighter and did a little bit more it was also a three on three deal as well so um it was a lot of fun i wish they would have brought it back out or ported it to the nintendo switch because i would i i used to play that consistently i may actually play that again it, it's a lot of fun and you know unlike jump force <laughs> you know you could play this story over again and you know it was just a lot of fun plus they had a lot of extra modes and everything you talk about I, this is what this is why it pisses me off i'm gonna go on a short little bit of a tangent for a sec this is why it pissed me off that multiverse is one and then like multiverse is one but a game like this wouldn't uh, well maybe it could have been just based on the air i if, if 
J-Star Victory Versus came out the same year that Multiverses came out, I would be surprised if Multiverses even looked at a, at a win for this. I, I still don't understand how that game won. It was an unfinished piece of crap in comparison to like J-Star or any of the games that it was nominated for. And it, that's all I'm just going to cut because I'll just go through this whole entire segment with that. But I digress. This episode is going to premiere on March 4th at 1 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 10 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Damn you once again, West Coast. You smug little. <laughs> this is the part I hate about Toonami because it's like in the East Coast, we get to see it all. You know, they simulcast the uh, the Toonami uh, shows. So when we're watching it at late, late at night, if you live in the West Coast, you're just it's like it's already like 10 or nine o'clock and, and Toonami's on always pissed me off <laughs> I wish they would have did it and i wish they were able to separate the uh the time zones with these things because i i can't watch tsunami that late at night it, it burns me i remember when i first went to san diego for san diego comic-con and we were at a hotel and i put two and two together i'm like wait tsunami's on now and because there's a three-hour difference so it's nine o'clock which means it's 12 it's nine o'clock in, in the west coast which means it's 12 o'clock midnight in you know in in um in, in philly and in the west and the east coast and i'm just like i don't ever want to leave <laughs> one there are palm trees here two it's always sunny three tsunami is on at nine o'clock and i can enjoy it in the you know at the best time you could possibly you know enjoy this show you know it, it's just bad it's like i used to think that tsunami was on for like the weed heads like for everybody, like just late at night for that reason, like Eric Andre and all this stuff was on for that. No, it's just the fact that like it's a time zone difference. So, yeah, points for you guys. I, you know, I'm, I'm not I'm mad that I can't watch it in the time frame that I got, but I'm also glad that I don't get hurricanes and floods either. So, you know, I think I'm good. I, I think I'm good on that new, you know, West Coast got enough. I guess West Coast is going through enough things right now. I think Toonami can they can get Toonami for this one. It's good. You know, shout out to the West Coast on that one. But Get Ready is coming out March 4th. And um, if you're in the East Coast, set your DVRs. Because if you if you can't stay up that late, DVR this damn thing. It's a, it's a, I don't know when they're going to show it again. And then on top of that, it's going to include all of the dub actors, the dub voices of these characters. You like, so Sean Schimmel, I believe Chris Sabat, because I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure Vegeta is in there as well and a few others um, that are in this episode, but Sean Schimmel will be, you know, should be reprising his role as Goku. Um, I forgot who's played Toriko, but I think it's Patrick Schwartz, I believe, maybe, who's playing the voice of him. He should be playing the voice of him. Like, it's like the manliest voice in the world and who has, nobody has a more manlier voice than him. <laughs> and then Luffy, of course, is going to be on it because it's a One Piece episode. DVR this if you're not going to be able to stay up to watch this set it trust me I watched this ages ago in the subtitle version the actual premiere of this like if you haven't watched One Piece or haven't had the chance to catch up with One Piece just find this one episode because you don't want to miss it it's so awesome it's a lot of fun you know what else is a lot of fun moving on I finally got a chance to see Moon Girl and uh, Devil Dinosaur on Disney Plus because it all premiered and the first six episodes are on there now. I don't know when the second season or whatever is coming, if there is a second season, but 
I got to tell you, I've been looking forward to this show because it's been this show has been a long time coming. And I mean, a long like last time I heard about this show, I think it was like I could be exaggerating here, but it, it could be when homecoming or or when Civil War came out. <laughs> That's how long ago it was. And Lawrence Fishburne, who probably should get a lot of credit for this, he has been pushing to get this show on TV. He's been pushing for an adaption to this show. Thank you, Lawrence Fishburne, once again, because he finally got this show out. This show is really awesome. If you if you love Powerpuff Girls, I think you're gonna love this show. It has a lot of the energy and spirit of Powerpuff Girls, but it has a little bit more. Like, I feel like this is Powerpuff Girls meets Blackish in a sense, um, which is a great thing to have because it's one of those deals that like we have a superhero of color. We got a superhero that we can connect with, with subject matter we can connect with, with also still really awesome, fun, superheroic stuff that we know for Marvel. But on top of that, there's an awesome cast with this. And then their episodes, I watched all six episodes and the episodes are so good. It's so informative and so, you know, connect. It, it's very diverse. It has, <laughs> it has representation all over this place. And uh, I mean, like, I'm talking like black, Latino, LGBTQ, it's all up in there. And uh, it's it's just awesome. Some of the uh, episodes, some of my favorite episodes that I've really got into was uh, episodes where the subject matter is not only just about the black community, um, which we can relate to, but like there's some things that everybody can relate to. Like one episode talked about cyberbullying and how to starve negativity, which is something I've always said. I've, I've, if you go back to my archives, I say that all the time, you know, there's with, with the bully situation. And if you starve negativity and don't feed it, it, it will, it will starve itself out. That's all. You don't have to feed into it. This episode does it in such a great way by having an actual troll, <laughs> you know, face off against uh, moon girl and devil um, and devil. And there's a there's like an underlying message to it that just it works so great. There's another episode that talks about, um, you know, how uh, she can appreciate Moon Girl can appreciate the, uh, her own hair and heritage. And um, because she was she wanted straight hair and such like that. And everybody kept clowning her because of her natural hair. You know, it happens a lot for black for black um, young black girls and I thought this was a really great episode to really focus on that point too. There are some really great fun episodes as well. Fred Tattashore as Devil, the one and only Fred Tattashore, you gotta love him. And uh, music by Raphael Sadiq, the one and only legendary Raphael Sadiq from Tony, Tony, Tony. And the soundtrack in this show is so dope. I, it's It really like helps me, like people who love Tony, 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 <laughs> will love this damn soundtrack to the you know to the deal it's so well done um diamond white he plays moon girl in here uh alfrey Rutter plays mimi who's like the grandmother in here um casey is the girlfriend of moon girl and she's played by leba bearer lawrence fishburne of course 
the guy who helped bring this together uh is the is the narrator it pretty much the backstory man or narrator if you will but he's also the beyonder so this is awesome um we also get some special guests gary anthony williams you've seen him on tons of things the neighborhood um what is it uh malcolm in the middle and all, all sorts of other he voices a lot of other uh shows as well he's playing uh pops the grandpa in here too um a lot of great characters in here uh utkarsh uh umbarkar from umbukar from ghost is in here as well he makes an appearance kimberly brooks does some additional voices craig robinson plays the principal in this deal um allison brie plays one of the villains in one of the episodes aftershock um we also get jennifer hudson who plays the hair of moon girl and calls herself maine it it just tons of great episodes and i i really enjoyed it i smiled i cheered because some of the things that they talk about in this show needs to be addressed and if you're watching this with your kids and you learn i should also note i should really also note that casey's parents are um are gay she has she has two gay fa um two fathers and it's really awesome how they implemented that into so you like i said you got representation all over this this uh series and it's a really great celebration it's a great blend and you know amalgamation of culture in here just so good um really enjoyed this i hope there are other i hope it's not just six episodes for the season i hope today this is just one half of the season and they're gonna have more coming down the line uh because i really want to support this and i hope people support this i hope and here's the thing too we talk about cyberbullying for the second episode there are going to be people much like they've been doing for everything that is black that's something that premieres with black people or people of color there's going to be people who's going to review bomb this thing do not listen to that do not please be aware like be aware of how people react on social media these social media algorithms really if you know you please be aware of how these algorithms work and also how people react in, in on social media when stuff like this happened it is a situation it is a really dire situation and a serious situation and a lot of double standards going on so there are people who are who may try to photobomb this and you know say this show doesn't really connect with them or they don't like the music or whatever like that don't listen enjoy it for the way you don't don't listen to because they're maliciously trying to bash the damn thing or any of these damn products that involves a you know a leading female or per, or a person of color whatever like that just be on the lookout for it like please this show i enjoyed the show i really appreciated the show i think kids will enjoy it and also, you know, adults will enjoy it. And it's something for everybody in this show. It just is. Uh, and, the art, and, the, and the art style, which is really awesome. It really, they did a really good job with the art styles. The animation is beautiful. The um, the art direction is awesome. I'm a fan of the show. This is, I, I know people in our ACMG Facebook group, one in particular, Brennan, who has been, He's a big Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur fan, and he's been aching for this for I'm not joking. He's been talking about this show for years, and now it's finally out, and he can enjoy it with his kids as well. And it it lived up. I am hoping that this thing stays, and you know, it needs to be supported majorly. So kudos to them, and uh, I go out of your way check it out. It's on Disney. I believe it's on one of the Disney channels. 
uh, that they have on right now, but it's also on Disney Plus now as well. So really, really awesome. All right. Where are we at here? So I think the last thing I want to talk about before we go into our final, um, not our final stage, to our talk topic of the week, something that really bugged me. This is going to segue into our talk topic of the week because this is something I don't know everybody is going through this. I'm in, the, I, I live in the East Coast. I know some people live in the West Coast. I know my man Michael Burhan lives in um, China right now, who's enjoying uh, theaters with massage chairs. <laughs> Damn you. But. I want to address this because if you're going through this, if you live in the West Coast or, or or the East Coast or wherever, and your theater is doing this, speak out on it. I'm going to say this now because this is this is ridiculous. I'm doing this is my you really you want to know what really grinds my gears moment here. So stay tuned for this. Movie theaters, movie theaters. I've been going to the theater since the, even during the pandemic. I've been going to theaters. And as something I noticed that they're doing, some of them, I'm not going to say all, but some of them, and maybe in a certain regional area, I don't know, are doing something that I think is just ridiculously stupid and, in my opinion, pathetic. Movie theaters are now turning on the air conditioners so they, so people can buy blankets. I went to, my wife and I went to go see Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania and at movie tavern marcus theaters if you will I, this is one of my favorite places to go because the accommodations are really cool we got these reclining seats they got food that it gets delivered to us you know from that you know it's pretty cool but of course during the pandemic everybody got hit COVID hit everybody these theaters couldn't do it i guess and they weren't gathering enough people but the pandemic has kind of dwindled down dramatically since then it's 2023 you know everybody's starting to feel more comfortable getting together again and they're doing something really crazy just to get money in and i don't know how much money theaters are uh suffering for i know we close some theaters had to close down and i get this but doing it this way doing this tactic is ridiculous so it's 30 degrees uh, you know uh, on friday it is 30 degrees on Friday. We're cold coming out of the car. We're going into the theater. We're hoping I, I wear a jacket and a t-shirt because I'm thinking like, I know I had a coat too, but under the coat, I had a jacket, you know, a, a denim jacket and a t-shirt because I'm thinking like I could just wear this and be cool and just cool and chill out. Literally, literally I didn't realize how much I was going to chill. Go in there and I'm noticing like right behind us, we, we sit in the same seats we basically always sit in. And prior to this movie, every time we sat in that seat, there was no air blowing through. Now we come back to this place. First of all, the, the app has changed. They changed the app where you can order the food and order your ticket and everything in there has changed, which is awesome. We go into the movie tavern. They totally renovated the entire place. Concession is in a different place. They got the bar and rest, you know, the bar and, and restaurant section in a different place. Now there's some major changes. Um, cosmetic changes to the actual theater itself so we noticed that so now there's a few other changes too when you order popcorn they no longer bring you popcorn you have to go pick up your popcorn and bring it to your seat did not know that that's not a big deal i'm not upset about that that's actually fine um but the other thing that they're doing is turning down the air conditioner it's 30 degrees and they have the air conditioner on in a theater 
And to compensate that, they have blankets that they sell to you. Blankets probably, I'm assuming, cost like maybe 15, 20 bucks. On top of the ticket price, on top of the food and concession price, which are not cheap at all. This is going too far. And guess what? This is not only Marcus Theater that's doing it. I have a theater right up the street from me. I have a theater called the Cinemark that is right up the street from me. And they also do the exact same thing. I've, it's the first, in fact, the first time I've seen it was on Cinemark. And I noticed that they were selling blankets there as well. And I thought the blankets, there was a time when they were selling blankets, um, collector's blankets just for, you know, cause I got one, I got one for, uh, the Avengers Endgame one. And I get that part. That was, that was, you know, for that gimmick. And they were selling t-shirts as well. So I got a blanket for that because I thought it was cool, but they did. It was also the summertime and the air conditioner was warranted. So I am fine with that. But now it's winter time. And again, I can't stress this enough. It's 30 degrees outside and you got the air conditioner on. You know, I, isn't there? There has to be some sort of a health code to that. There has to be it. I don't see how they're able to get away with that. And it's like they're trying to get you to buy a blanket. And on top of it, like they have to give, I've used to work for AMC. I used to work for a movie theater before back when we, they didn't think of doing things. And back when people were actually going to the movies a lot and you know, there's pre way pre pandemic. This was like in the nineties, even before nine 11, you know, this is like how far, how long ago I was working at the movie theater. Um, and you know, they never had thought about doing stuff like this. It's just, of course they didn't need to because, you know, business was booming at the time I take it, but I, I'm pretty sure that this has a lot to do with them probably not being able to trying to make back what they lost over the last couple of years. This is not the way people, there has to be a better way for you to do this. I don't, I, you know, if like, say, uh, what if this makes people sick, you know, for being in the cold and let alone those blankets aren't that like warm and they only cover the legs at that so like um you still gotta wear your coat and i don't my, my deal is with this i don't want to go into a theater wearing my coat i want to go in my theater to take my coat off to relax to feel like i'm relaxing i watched that movie for whatever time it was just freezing and i had to put my coat back on I did not enjoy my my time at Marcus Center for the first time ever. I did not enjoy it. Um, I thought that was just, it was, I don't want to say inhumane. I don't want to go that far. I don't know if we can really say that, but it just, it, the, you know, there's a reason why I enjoyed watching these new movies in the comfort of my home because I can order what I want. I can eat, you know, I can eat what I want. I can order what I want and I can be relaxed like I was supposed to in there. If this is happening to your theater, please speak out on social media. I had somebody, I had somebody actually say like, did I talk to a manager? I'm like, first of all, it talking to a manager won't do a damn thing because it's a business strategy. It's a business tactic that they're doing. They're not going to turn it off when they're trying to profit and sell blankets to people. They're purposely it's not a mistake. It is they're purposely putting on the air so you can buy blankets. 
if people don't buy these blankets, they're going to turn back on the heat. If people make light of this on social media, they're going to turn back on the heat. You are a consumer. You're not just a movie buff. You're not just a fan. You are a consumer, which is actually more important than being a fan or a movie buff. Your fandom for movies should not be interfered by your lack of comfort, uh, comfortability or comfortability. I should say you should still be able to enjoy being in the theater and watching what you paid for this. This is, this is uncalled for Like, please people. And then on top of that, the person went, I think the person even at, like, I told her, I told her like, that doesn't do anything because they're, this is a business tactic. This is something that not only Marcus Stater is doing, this is something that, um, that Cinemark is doing, which means this may be a common practice on a lot of theaters. They may be doing this because just to try to get more money in. I don't know whose idea was it when they went to this manager summit or whatever like that. And every once in a while they do people go, you know, managers go to these, you know, conventions or summits or whatever like that. And it, somebody had to decide that this was an idea to do turn the turn the air conditioner down. So customers will want to buy blankets. That to me is the dumbest idea. And I can't believe they went with that. If that was to happen, but somehow, some way there had to been a meeting, whether it been a summit meeting or a manager's meeting or convention or whatever like that, where people said, you know, came up with the idea of like, or some type of retreat, if you will, where people came up with the idea of doing blankets. Please don't bow down to these things. Do not buy these things. Put your word out and, and on top of it, you know, along with that, then the next question was, I like, no, no, this is where you have, we all have to voice our opinion. And she suggested she'll send an email. Okay. Why that is not a good idea. Emails get lost in email accounts and a manager of a, a manager or a general manager or whatever that gets so lost. You know, what doesn't get lost. You tagging them on social media and making light of the situation. And if other people also see it and feel it and agree with it, they'll come onto it. And that really hurts them because now it's out in the open and people will see that, you know, they'll see that like, okay, people are not liking this. We need to drop this. We need to turn back on the heat. We need to stop selling these blankets. You know, it is, it, that's how it works. And if you think it doesn't work, go to my, go to talktimelive.com, go to my blog page and read the winds of change article that I did when I, you know, stepped up to do, uh, Dotemu about uh, wind jammers and, and one of their, char their uh, characters of color looking very, you know, racially depicted. And I put it out there on Twitter and they changed it because if people are seeing it, they're going to they're going to make a big deal out of it and they don't want that type of publicity. Social media, this is where social media can be used for good because stuff like this, it could be exposed on a wider range and they will react to it because it's hurting their business. You are a consumer. You're paying a lot of money to have a great time at a theater. You should not have to deal with coming out from the cold and going back into the cold for two in some change, two hours and some change. It just should not happen. So if this is happening to you, you know, if Cinemark and Marcus Theater, AKA Movie Tavern is doing this, 
there's no doubt that AMC and United Artists may be doing it as well. I have not been to an IMAX theater for United Artists in a while. I have not been to an AMC in like a very long time. But chances are if they're doing it, this is not this is not just them. It's a common thing that's going on. So please, I'm begging you, please voice, make your voice heard, put out on social media, tag them bastards and make sure that they know that you're not having it. If it's the summertime, that's one thing I get the summertime, the winter time. There's no way you're coming into a wintry, wintry mix of weather. And you're going in to stay in and I'm wearing a coat. I wear like a down jacket in the theater. That is not how I want to spend time in a the theater. If that's the case, let's go back. Let's screw the theater and go back to watching it. Like we did when we were all quarantined. Cause I won't mind watching it on my TV and they try to the trailer. It is funny because all the trailers, when you watch a movie, will try to say, you can watch your TV in this view and then they show it the funny part about that because i'm sure you've all seen this one it's like you go watch your tv you go watch our you know your favorite movies from this size screen and they zoom it out to make it look like it's small but if you really walk up to that screen it's your like 55 65 or 75 inch tv which is huge with great audio and great hd you know 4k at best or you can watch it in the bigger screen I can do that, but I can also watch it with warm heat with Grubhub <laughs> in a 4K TV. Okay. I, I think I will, I will take my chances at home if you guys are going to choose. And guess what? Reasonably it's cheaper to do it at home too. You don't have to drive to a parking lot. You don't have to pay more gas. You don't have to try to wait to hopefully get a parking lot on the way back home. There's so many, you know, pros pros to this that it is cons. Um, yeah, you guys are gonna have to really strategize on your tactics because this this business strategy is is. It, it, I don't I don't get why you thought this was a great idea, and I hope this doesn't continue. I hope pe more people start to voice this out because this is ridiculous. So let's hope that you please be the voice of your region and gather other voices. The more people that make light of this, the more that they will make a change. I guarantee you, they do not want that type of smoke. Trust me, folks, that will do it for what's new in the world of ACMG. We're going to take a break, come back and I will review Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania. See how the first stage of the King Dynasty starts. We'll do that right after this. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dax Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, the voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Hebert, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go. Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on Talk Time live.com talktomlive.com provides all of our acmg content with new and previous episodes exclusive interviews articles and much more visit talktomlive.com and let us help you learn to let go live life and love all things acmg talk time live hey there this is kyle Abear, the voice of gohan from dragon ball super and you are listening to acmg presents talk time live excuse me gohan this is more of a narrator type thing uh, okay. 
just do it more like a next time on Talk Time Live. Uh, next time on Talk Time Live. Don't quit your day job, Gohan. Do it. And now it's time for our top topic of the week. Ready? Fight! Folks, we are back with our talk topic of the week, and I want to give thoughts in my review of Ant-Man and the Wasp's Quantum Mania. This is featuring possibly one of Ant-Man's or Scott Lang's biggest adventures ever. Because, I mean, he's fought some really interesting, you know, characters since the first uh, deal, but nothing this big. Like, he he's... This is the prelude to something bigger that's down the line. And it started with Ant-Man. And I thought it was awesome. Um, I enjoyed this movie overall. Like it, it wasn't like the top tier Marvel movie by any stretch. No, let's be real. None of the Ant-Man movies are the top tier. I thought it was just as good as the other ones. I thought, you know, he, sh you know, it, it was a three-peat for me in terms of Ant-Man films. Like all the Ant-Man films have been kind of like side missions. And this one is too. This was a prelude to what's to come in the later movies. Nothing more, nothing less. And I didn't expect any more or any less from this movie. I enjoyed it for what it was. And to those who are, I, there, there, there are people out there who often look at a Marvel movie and expect every one of the movies to be the next top thing the best thing ever not all of them are designed to be that some of them are just designed to like captain marvel the ant-man movies um i can name a few that came out like shang shang chi like a lot of those films weren't meant to be the best of them all some of them are just meant to be like transitional and that's okay there's nothing wrong with that and guess what the same thing happens in the comics like ant-man is not the biggest you know comic book hero in the marvel comic universe he's not the biggest you know hero in the marvel cinematic universe but he plays a significant role that plays along to the bigger story and that's exactly what this is and if you thought it was supposed to be more than that then you're only fooling yourself but with that said quantum mania i thought was a very enjoyable film everybody in my theater uh enjoyed it they loved it for what it was there i mean it wasn't perfect I think I have one issue that really wasn't an issue, but I, I it was something I wish they would have went a better direction with considering, you know, the, the character that I'm going to mention down, you know, as we go along with this, but otherwise I enjoyed the film. I, Paul Rudd does a great job as Scott Lang and he, he, Paul Rudd is a very charismatic dude. It's hard not to like him, uh, in his case. And they stepped it up. They stepped it up majorly with him being involved in a bigger type of premise because if you ever watched any of the ant-man films he's never really been a big part of the bigger story he's been a intricate part a significant part of the story involving civil war involving endgame involving you know they managed to make him important enough that he needs to be in part of a situation and this one was no different like the quantum the whole quantum aspect of this whole thing in time played really well with it him facing Kang the Conqueror was also a big deal. You know, he got he's the first one to really get a idea of what is to come down the line here. So I got to say, let's talk about the favorite moments before I get to the cast here. Um, but the fact that this already this already if you wanted to yeah, make me love a movie, you could only do so by bringing in the Welcome Back Carter theme song like 
I don't know if I mentioned this, but Welcome Back Carter is one of my all-time favorite TV shows growing up. Uh, I loved it because it just reminded me of like the group of uh, people I used to hang out with when I was in high school or like I used to always wanted to be a sweat hog <laughs> for some reason. The Welcome Back Carter is and, and the theme song was just one of the best in TV history. And the fact that they used it for the beginning and the end of the movie to introduce Scott into the uh, deal as we learn what has happened after Endgame. So this does take place after Endgame and we get to see Scott in a different light. He's no longer the criminal that everybody, you know, hated or whatever like that. He's loved by everybody. We see him with Jimmy Woo, you know, um, Randall Park makes a small appearance in this deal, but it's also to reflect on what they were doing in the second film. People may, people may forget that because they got a short attention span, but seeing Jimmy Woo and him actually go out to lunch, it reflects on the conversation that they had at the very end of Ant-Man and the Wasps, where he was contemplating that they would, you know, Jimmy was like, he said, I will see, I'll see you again sometime soon. And they kind of talked themselves into having lunch and then they end up having lunch in the third series. We also see the Baskin Robbins manager, you know, who actually didn't want to fire him, but he had to fire him. <laughs> but now they're they're celebrating Scott Lang now. So, they, I mean, you get the follow ups of a lot of what happened in the first two films. So the connection stays there. And they, I thought they did a really good job doing that. Um, people do you recognize him as Ant-Man now, except for the, the the coffee store owner who called him Spider-Man. He's gotten the wrong bug. Like the fact that they still mention Spider-Man and he still exists, regardless that the fact that we may not see this guy or anybody may see him again in the in this particular mcu but it is what it is you know i just realized something the sony marvel thing is such a cluster in a sense because while they're fighting for spider-man james woods is about to capitalize on this and restructure the whole entire dc universe by making sure everything connects and he doesn't have that issue of um that that marvel does with the sony deal he does not have that issue to worry about so he can absolutely create a more a, a a more structured universe with some with their favorite characters than uh marvel has because of sony and their in, intended uh their tendency to want to use their own intellectual properties for things I, it's bad for business it is really bad for business and i think if sony keeps it up they're gonna start ruining things and the fact that they're taking spider-man and they, they, what they're doing with the Spider-Man thing is just getting on my nerves. I, they've been, they've been hating on the idea that Marvel Studios have made better Spider-Man movies than they ever did, and that's a fact. That is absolutely a fact. And then on top of that, took their characters from that they created and brought them into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and didn't made that better. And they made a better trilogy by bringing everybody in. And come on, Sony, just work with them. Let stop Jay, amy pascal please let them handle it please that's all i gotta say about that but nonetheless they still bring him up in you know in the universe he still exists it's not like he doesn't exist at all so that's great um but you know it was really cool and you know the fact that casey's now older and they're you know she's now becoming she's trying to be like her father and i thought that was really cool i like the fact that casey um, is a little bit older. I like the fact that they, I, you know, as much as I, I feel bad that they recasted the role of Casey, but the Casey in Endgame 
didn't really look like the case, the little kid Casey. This new one by Catherine Newton, this version that Catherine Newton is portraying, visually she does look like the younger Casey that is growing up. Um, the one in Endgame looked like the girl from the uh, the daughter from the middle. <laughs> Actually, she does. She wasn't bad, but I, I think Ka uh, Catherine Newton. I think she fit to, she fit a little bit more better to the look of the young Cassie. If they couldn't use the young Cassie because of the age situation, this was a great uh, casting pick right here. But she's now kind of like a her own freedom fighter. She's going to jail for, uh, you know, she's been going to jail quite a bit, you know, since Link uh, been out and um, they have been, she's been going to jail for protesting and all that stuff. So she's trying to be the hero. She's trying to be a hero like her father. She's trying to do her father proud, but Scott is not really happy with it, but it understands the situation. He'd rather her not do it. He also didn't know that she has her own suit and she, they've been training her to be another Ant-Man like character as well. So. It looks like, yeah, they are grooming and gearing for the Young Avengers. If you've been looking at a lot of Marvel products lately, we got, you know, the new cap. We got and um, just the kid, the kid that's um, with Isaiah. He's also going to be one of the Young Avengers, too. We have. Uh, what is a scar? You know, Hawk's son that's, you know, coming in if you watch uh, She-Hawk. So they're, they're planting the seeds of all these new characters, these new young Avengers that are coming in now. And I think by the time, and also Marvel, Miss Marvel as well, you know? So there's gonna be some new things developing as we go along, if, if people are actually paying attention here. Um, but uh, Casey is the newest one that's gonna be a now a hero. And she, I thought she did pretty well. What I loved about this movie too, is that every character, every main character had their badass moment. Casey had her moment where she could shine as badass. Michael Douglas as Hank Pym had some fight, great fight scenes. Um, Michelle Pfeiffer, which I think was Michelle Pfeiffer. She just ages very well. She she is still Michelle Pfeiffer. That is oh, enough said. But, you know, she had her own badass moments as well. Um, you know, e Evangeline Lilly also played of course, the badass and back up to uh, Scott Lang. So everybody played their roles in here. And I thought it was really a great job that they were able to give people time to be shown to do what they do best in this deal. And especially when it comes to Casey, because we haven't seen Casey. We know, you know, um, Hank Pym was a former Avenger, so he has he, he can fight. We know, you know, um, we know Janet Van Dyne can hold her own. Casey was somebody we really haven't seen at all. And we didn't even know until, up until this point. And it looks like she could pretty much handle her well, not perfect, but she was able to handle herself and she was able to grow big as well. So she's like the third person to ever go giant. Of course, she didn't, she fate. I'm glad she did fate in this thing too, but nonetheless, you know, we, we have a new Avenger coming, a couple new Avengers coming as well. So, um, Let's talk about the cast because I really enjoyed the cast. Like I said, uh, Evangeline Lilly, I like the fact that she's now evolved. She's the new CEO of her own PIM, you know, labs and all that stuff. So she she's done a lot for there. Um, like I said, Catherine Newton, I thought played Casey really well. Michelle Pfeiffer, you know, more prominent role this time around. We got to really see what she was about and how 
why they didn't want to go into the quantum verse and how, i liked how she carried her fear for king the conqueror and i love their their backstory as well um bill murray got to make a a really good appearance in here as well as lork uh krylar who kind of played like the lando carizian of this movie <laughs> in a sense because i kind of knew that this was, was going to happen she met you know they meet old friends he she's looking for him from help and she pretty much screws him over and this was this was absolutely the star wars you know scene here uh where he you know we find out that he ends up working for you know king the conqueror who's now like the darth vader of this entire deal right here um which funny thing they said that um the guy that the actor who played veeb was on here i didn't see that and maybe i need to go back and watch it again to find them but a lot of people were in here that didn't make it. i didn't see anybody from other than jimmy woo and a few other people from there but veeb i didn't really notice william jackson harper he's played in some recent what is this, some recent um hbo max series if you will uh he was on here as well as quays he was a mind reader or something like that i thought he was pretty funny and he lives in the quantum verse or whatnot he was pretty funny katie m o'brien played uh jintoro uh who i thought was pretty awesome as well she is but she's been in a lot of uh, tv shows and, and movies as well but she gives me the michelle rodriguez vibe she she's very badass i like her um she's she, she's giving me the new like you know she there's a lot of michelle rodriguez you know that is i i see in this in this uh actor and um i thought she was a great fit for this as well i, I wanted to see more of her i think she she can do more as a prominent character i don't know if she's gonna return or whatnot but i'd rather her be a actual marvel character because i think she's she has the ability to be somebody in the marvel universe rather than this character that they did bring focus to they did put odds you know they you know it was a it was a character they did you know put a lot of time on but i don't know how far they're gonna do with this character and they have brought back actors before to play other characters before so i don't know i don't know what they're gonna do with that and how they're gonna handle it but um she was really uh, she played the part of the badass warrior and she plays badass in everything she does like she's no joke i i'm becoming a really good fan of hers so and of course we got to talk about jonathan majors king the conqueror what can we else can we say about jonathan majors man he is like he is becoming this generation's um denzel washington he his performances are really that good like what he did as the uh he who remains in loki I mean, if that wasn't a Denzel Washington like performance, I don't know what is. This dude is incredible. Uh, I can't wait to see him in Creed as well. Take note. And uh, God, in the next few years, this guy is going to be he's going to be huge. I mean, he's getting he's already kind of there already. But like it, this is the beginning of his explosion of I think there's going to be some incredible movie he's going to be involved in. That is it, it's, it's like it's it's inevitable. For him to not to get an oscar and a globe and a golden globe at some point it's gonna happen but him as king the conqueror was awesome i hope this is I, this can't be the last i mean judging from what happened at the end of the movie uh in the end credit scenes i don't think this is going to be the last of the um of the that last that we see a king because we don't know if he actually died and the way he went out 
was kind of like the same way that the Red Skull went out. And in the same way that Darren Cross went out as well. And let's talk about Darren Cross because who thought of thought that we would see Darren Cross again? We we got Darren Cross back, but in the form of Modoc, which maybe one of the only issues that I have with this movie. Darren Cross is now Modoc thanks to their encounter from the from their first encounter, which led to um, Darren going into the quantum verse for a long time ago, but he went in with his whole entire body morphed. And somehow, some way, it was King the Conqueror who helped build him and refurbish him into what we see now as Modoc. Now, I like the way that they did that. There's here's the here's the the goods and the bads of this. I actually like the story of how he became Modoc. I have no problem with that. I don't have a problem with the way they look. It was really weird, but Modoc is weird. Modoc is a big face. Like it doesn't get any weirder than that. Modoc. You can't say anything else but that Modoc is a big face with small legs and small arms. I don't see why people are even even more weirder about that. It's supposed to be weird. So I didn't mind that. What I did mind was that they killed him off. I I you know somebody somebody in the ACG Facebook group when we were talking about the movie said that this is not the last time we're seeing we're gonna see Modoc. I'm hoping that's the case because I did like Darren playing as Modoc. I didn't like the fact that he became he started to become a good guy already or at all. I didn't like that. I did I, I was not a fan of him turning over a new leaf. I like Modoc is not supposed to have empathy. He's not supposed to have any type of sympathy or anything like that. He's just supposed to be hell bent on revenge all the time. That's like all your all your villains cannot just become good guys. Some villains just need to keep going. I don't like the fact that he just came off and turned and like I can we just not like he's supposed to be a big threat to the Avengers. Like he's aims new, you know, deal. Like why couldn't they just continue it off and he just takes over aim and does this? He leaves the quantum universe or whatever. There was so much they could have done. I like I said, if he is or a version of Modoc is coming back, I hope that they continue it off. But the way it looked, it looked like this was just a one-time thing. They could have done so. Like I don't need them to kill off every single villain on a first swap. Look, I this is the part. This is the part I love. What why t I loved what Tim Burton did in '89 when the original when his version of Batman, the Michael Keaton Batman, came out. I liked that, like, because at the time it was something that we never saw before. We never saw villains die. Tim Burton was one of the first people to say, like, no, we're killing off a villain. We're killing off the Joker. And then all of a sudden, this has become a thing when he's killed off many other people. He killed off the penguin too, Danny DeVito's penguin, um, as well. And then, like, other comic book movies started playing, falling suit and killing off the villains there. Like that's become a trend because of Tim Burton and the writers of Batman, uh, the Batman series, you know, movie from 89. We don't have to keep killing off people. Like we don't have to kill them off at least soon. So I am glad, I am very happy. People say what you want, but I am happy that the Fast and the Furious series, the character Cypher, I am so glad that they didn't kill her off in the first done because I thought that she was really awesome and they keep bringing her back 
somehow she keeps coming back. And I like that because we haven't seen like mix it up. Like not all every character has to be killed on the first deal. Um, and if you talk about why Fast and the Furious lasts so long, I think that's one of the reasons because they keep bringing back these characters that people are enjoying and they're not killing them off. Like wait a movie or three before you do that. Like even Darth Vader didn't die until like Jedi, <laughs> you know, you just don't have to do it. And Modoc was just a, a character, which by the way, if you, if there are mixed reviews about the Modoc situation too online, there are people who liked it and people did like it. Um, I'm on the, I liked it side, but I am not on the bar of like, they needed to kill him off. I will say this. There's been quite a few different Modocs that we've seen now. The one from the Marvel Avengers video game, the Patton Oswalt version. I like the Marvel Avengers, um, version of Modoc. I thought that was the more accurate version of Modoc. Um, Patton Oswalt. I love Patton Oswalt, but that series was so bad. I did. I did not like the series and apparently neither did a lot of people because they got canceled real quick. It was, it was a horrible Modoc. It was really horrible. Um, and some other video game renditions too. This one was good. It was better than Patton Oswalt's Modoc, but I thought they, they lost a lot of potential of doing something really cool with that character. They waste, if they don't bring them back, it is a total waste. I really think that they should try to bring that character back in some form or fashion. Cause I mean, the Modoc name is not completely to Darren Cross. Um, he decided to be called that in that, in that, you know, or Kang named him that, you know, and gave him the acronym, which means that somebody else can have that same acronym and do the same thing too. Let's hope, let's see what happens. Cause I, you know, I, Modoc is a awesome, pretty, actually a pretty awesome character in the comic books, despite his crazy weird look. He is a very maniacal, cerebral, you know, character that they have, and he runs the entire AIM, you know, corporation and such. So, you know, AIM is like the second biggest terroristic group out there next to Hydra. And he, and he leads all that. We've never gotten to that point. And I hope that they do eventually from there. But, um, other than that, you know, I, I, I enjoyed this, this entire movie. I really enjoyed it. Um, I liked the way it went. I we're going to see Kang again in some form or fashion. I don't think he died, but I also like the fact that we got to see all the other versions of Kang, the variants of Kang in here, especially in the end credits where it kind of gave us an idea on where the Kang dynasty is going to head and what we're going to be looking out for. So I am excited. Uh, as always, I had no problem with this. This wasn't again, this wasn't a game changer of a movie. This to me was, just, it is exactly what it was meant to be. And that was a prelude to things to come. That's all it was. That's all it needed to be. And it did it in my opinion, greatly. The special effects were as awesome as you would expect. Um, I loved all the actors in here that everybody did a really great job. Um, this was very guardians of the galaxy to me. This was very much a Ant-Man movie with guardians of the galaxy type of you know, situations here. And it was time for them to mix it up. This is to me, I think this is my favorite of the Ant-Man films because this is Scott Lang's most, like his, his biggest challenge to date. And it now really makes him a serious character in the Avengers of the Avengers in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Like I felt like the, the battles that he went through before were just like street, almost a little bit above street level, 
but this is an Avenger level type of threat. It didn't feel like Avengers level threat to that extent, but it felt like the beginning of something bigger. Kang, I will say in terms of villains, I'm not there yet with him being better than Thanos. Like Thanos is still ridiculously the best. Um, he may be rivaling Kingpin right now. He may have put Kingpin on my third, um, you know, best villain of, of the MCU right now. Cause Wilson Fisk was the second. Wilson Fisk was like the second up until this point, but I think I think Kang may be up there, but Thanos, it's going to take a lot to take over Thanos. I, he's going to have to do something really, really crazy in order for me to say like, oh, he's the bigger villain, but he's, he's up there. He's up there. I think he's going to be number two. Um, he's moved up to number two on the top villains of the MCU right now. But I think we've only seen a, a touch of what he's been able to do. We'll see what they're doing next from this, but um, so I, I enjoyed it. Uh, all two hours and five minutes of it. Didn't have to go to the bathroom one bit. Thank you for that. And but I was cold as hell throughout the whole entire time. But watching this, it was uh, at least worth staying through the cold. I don't know if I'll do that again, but we will see. Uh, so if I'm going to give this a grade, I'm going to give it a solid B. It, it was a great uh, comedy. It was a great adventure. It was a great action movie and a prelude to what's to come. And again, points for putting in the Welcome Back Carter theme song. Cause I, I, it wore, it wore me. If you, you really want to, you know, suck me in that was in. So I, I give it a B, um, nothing more, nothing less from this. This wasn't a game changer, but it was something that things to come. So folks that will do it for this edition of talk time live. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, just let you know next week, I will not be doing a show. I'll be traveling next week. So I will not be doing a show at all. I'm, you know, whatever comes in, I'll maybe do it after I get home or whatever. I have a guest that may be coming this week for anime fans. So stay tuned for that. I will let you guys know, or you will see it pop up sometime this week. Um, so we'll, we'll, uh, play it by ear from there, but we've been in talks to make sure that we, uh, not rush things, but just make sure things are coming. And, uh, we'll talk about that shortly as well. And, but we, I should have a select start uh, this week because like a dragon Ishan is coming out. So I may have the time to really put in some hours for that. And there's some other games I actually have too, that is coming down the line. So stay tuned for that. But, uh, stay before we get to that, I'll do the plugs and then I'll talk about what I want to talk about here. Cause I got some, I got a last word I need to talk about that. I think it's important for everybody to, uh, hear before we go. But if you want to listen or watch, this in every episode, well, I don't want to say watch every episode. All the episodes are mostly audio unless I do a special, but um, special, you know, interview or whatever. But if you like this episode and every episode of AACMG Presents Talk Time Live, you can check all of that out at talktimelive.com. All of our audio episodes, our video and audio exclusive interviews are all there. Easy for you to find. You can check out our search engine on a podcast page for any particular review of a game that I've done. Uh, any interview that I've had with somebody and to help you find it, I have a list of guests that has been on my show. Um, so if you look at the list, you want to listen to the interview based on certain people in that list, you could go check the list out, go to the 
podcast page, go on the search and find them. They'll be there. Um, you can check out all the video exclusives. There's a video exclusive page. Easy for you to find all the interviews I did um, throughout the all the video interviews. Some of the video, some of the interviews I've done are all all the you know aren't all video uh, audio. I started doing audio like uh, I mean I started doing video like around 2020 is when I started doing video uh, exclusives and uh, turned it up from there. And, but there's some really great episodes and uh, there'll be more to come as well. So stay tuned for that. We also have blog entries. We also have media. I did panels with Repop with some of your favorite anime actors as well. So you can check that out. And if you like to subscribe and download to listen to this show on your favorite podcast platform, we're pretty much everywhere where podcasts are played. That is including Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, TuneIn, Audible, Pocket Cast, Pandora, and Tumblr. If you go to Tumblr, you could type in on the search engine Talk Time Live. We are there. You could click on the link or the audio player, depending if you're on desktop or on the actual app, and you can listen to the show there as well. All right. So the last thing I wanted to talk about is remembering a woman by the name of Mia Crown Williams. You, some of you may know this woman and this uh, this person, and some of you may not. But um, I had the, I guess, <laughs> I want to say pleasure of t- um, meeting this woman, but it really wasn't that pleasurable because of the situation that has occurred. Um, I met this woman in 2019 and during right around the time when Reed Pop uh, came to Philadelphia and they did uh, Keystone Comic Con you know, the, the comic book convention in Philadelphia that they were going to do until the pandemic came. And I think it killed a whole momentum of that because of the pandemic and everything. So this is just a life lesson, a life lesson on why we need to leave this world with nothing but love for the, you know, just try to love and show love as much as possible. It was just brought to my attention just recently that the Detroit founder of MakaCon, known as Mia Crown Williams, left uh, this world in January due to the battle of breast cancer. The horrible C word has, you know, entered her life, unfortunately, again. And um, it was unfortunate. It is unfortunate. She was known for as a local convention promoter, event planner, coordinator and comic book fan with her agenda to help provide opportunity to young, talented black artists, which is dope. And, uh, you, you got to give her credit for the journey of that. Cause it's not, it's, you know, no matter what, there's never enough of us in any industry. And she was trying to fight to get fight to, you know, bring representation to that. In 2019, she reached out to me, uh, about coming on a talk time live and inviting me to, uh, an event that she was putting together. Uh, during a week, uh, it was during the week of uh, Reed Pop's Keystone Comic Con in Philadelphia, which if you guys remember or recall, I did the live panels for the Street Fighter panel with Longvo and uh, Jeffrey Chamba Cruz. And I also did the live, the big live panel with the Overwatch cast, Fred Tatashore and Char- uh, Charlotte Chung, um, which at the time, from according to my man uh, from Reed Pop, said that this was the second biggest um, audience attendance of that event and the first one it was only second to tom holland okay (laughs) so if i'm second to anybody i'm glad it's the spider-man 
I have no problem with that. Um, very memorable, monumental milestone moment for me. But within that, there was a situation there. So she wanted to do that. And unfortunately, that didn't happen as the conversation went total left field. I basically, you know, she wanted to be the interviewer, but I didn't have the time and I wanted to set up something uh, prior to, to uh, you know, to help promote her panel that she she had a panel exactly at the same time as my Overwatch panel. And I'm like, look, I will let's 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 invite you in. Do the show, promote MechaCon and promote, you know, your panel, which I can easily say like, oh, your panel's the same time my panel. No, <laughs> I was willing to like I was willing to say, like, let her promote our panel on air. And like because everybody not everybody's an Overwatch fan. And, she, and on top of that, she had the legendary DMC in her panel. And I'm like, yo, why not? You know, come on the show. Let's talk about it. I don't you know, let's let's promote it all. Let's celebrate it all. That didn't happen. Unfortunately, that didn't happen at all. The conversation went total left field with her making all types of unwarranted accusations on my character in terms of, you know, my blackness, if you will. And it just got crazy. Like it got so crazy. I end up screen printing the entire conversation to make sure that I'm, you know, this is actually happening. I felt insulted and, you know, hurt by the idea that just happened. It just came out of nowhere. I don't even know what led to it. And I never understood why she acted the way she did and was disappointed by the result of the situation because it could have been something told. I don't know if she got, if she hated the idea that I was doing a panel on at the same time as hers. And here's another thing. The day of the panel, she actually came into my panel before both our panels were starting. And she saw, she was looking at the people in the panel, I don't know if she was looking for particular people to try to get them to go to their, her panel, but she started noticing that one, we had the bigger room, the bigger uh, hall, and two, that there was a lot of people in this hall. I have pictures of these, and, and Repop made, took pictures of that panel as well, and it was packed, like almost 300 people, damn it, like literally almost 300 people in there. I think it was like 12, only 12 seats missing at best, but it was like really that... It, it was a whole packed house full of people. Um, and I think she, that really kind of pissed her off as well. And I didn't think nothing of it. I was like, all right, that, that's, is this what she's trying to roll? And I had to really, I, it was so much to the point that I had to report this to the people at Repop to let them know that this was happening. That this happened. I showed them the screen prints and everything. And they also showed how I tried, I kept composure the whole entire time and tried to rationalize the situation where other people were saying like, you know, you handled it a lot better than I would. And I, to this day, I was just, I was fairly disappointed, but I didn't let that overcome my need to, you know, really do this panel. This is my first big live panel ever. I'm in front of a live audience. Um, and I ran with it. I, I, you know, I was like, okay, if that's what you want to do, that's what you want to do. Let's keep it moving. And I did. And I had a lot of fun with Fred Tatashore and I had a lot of fun with Charlotte Chung, who were both just phenomenal, phenomenal actors, very talented actors, but also very nice people, class acts, both of them. And we had a, we had an absolutely great time. Uh, doing the panel there. And uh, I'll never forget it. I still got a picture above me right now of that situation. Uh, they've just been awesome. If, if you heard the beginning of the show of them two 
um, doing the, uh, the, the soundbite for me, the, um, you know, for me, the liner for me, that's how awesome they were. And they did it. That was one of my, that's one of my favorite liners there. But despite what happened back then, I will never take away the passion and power she had to, uh, to live her dream and to help others live theirs. So in celebration of black history month, I would like to bring light to Miss Williams. May she rest in power in paradise. Regardless. I don't know. Again, I don't know why she did what she did, but I'm not letting that take away from the fact that the impact that she made for people in their lives. Cause she did. I wish I write this not only to honor her contributions or to just speak of her contributions as uh, you know, uh, you know, I just want to remind people why is it why it's so important not to leave life with hate, bags full of grudges and resentment. You just don't. You don't like try to just enjoy. I try to have ACMG be the place where everybody can enjoy their favorite fandoms, no matter who you are, and just enjoy it. Cause like letting these algorithms manipulate us and, you know, get us into situations that, that, you know, we don't really mean for us to be because on, on social media, we get all caught up because of these algorithms, you know, manipulating our minds to do, to, to hate each other. But then we see each other in person is a whole different thing. <laughs> you know, let's work hard because we don't, we only have one life. And we don't know how long we have in it to do our best to love, to show love as much as possible, to not displace your anger upon anybody, to try to work with people as best as possible. You're not going to get everybody. There's always going to be some evil person, but you know, at least let it be known that for every person that acts resentful or evil, whatever, that there's something may be going on that led to that. So don't think that everybody's just evil intent from the get go. You never know what people are going through. And I, my only wish is that I wish we could have reconciled the situation. I just wish that we could have had time to really talk about like why she thought she, what she thought or why she just irrationally just went out the way she did. Cause you know, she tried to blame me for like only having black people on, you know, for interviewing black people on, you know, um, and during Black History Month, when in fact it was just me bringing, you know, reposting interviews that I had with black people during Black History Month that I already interviewed. Those original interviews happened in other months that wasn't February. She jumped to the conclusion that that's what it was. And in fact, it wasn't that at all. So, I mean, there's a lot to learn in this situation. And one of the biggest ones is just one stop producing grudges with people for no apparent reason, unwarranted grudges Two, make sure if you try to have an argument or a debate with somebody more debate than argument, because debates are not really arguments. If you try to debate with somebody, get your facts straight. And then at the end, just, you know, try to create more community than create more enemies. That's pretty much what I got to say that. And to that, I say rest in power in paradise. Once again, lady crown, Thank you for whatever you did for whoever you did. And uh, hopefully they'll keep your your uh, 
your legacy on from that point. So, folks, that will do it for me. On behalf of myself, this is Dak Xavier Josiah saying, learn to let go, live life, love all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. I am out there. Take care and have a great and peaceful week, y'all. Love everybody. Music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.